This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? I, I, I almost got some rain in my garden. It rained all day the other day, but under my truck was dry as a bone. But that's okay. We're going to be talking about gardening and gardeners make do. I'm horticulturist fellow rushing Mark Patrick here and uh, our awesome producer Java Chapman. All the other folks at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. For the next hour, we're going to talk about gardening. I got an extra special guest here. She's not going to say much, but I got an extra special guest. And we're just going to talk about gardening. If you've got something on your mind, something you want to know about, you're curious about, want somebody to settle an argument, or just want to run some ideas by us, we're not going to argue with you. We're not going to try to sell you anything. We're just going to talk gardening. <sighs> so exciting. Java, Mark, I got, a, I, I got a special guest today. We just got to talk about this here on MPB. We're talking and about— has you, And it has you woofing this morning. It, it did. It did. But, you know, she, you know uh, she, it's, I have Granny's Chicken with me today. Granny's J- Concrete Chicken. J- uh, Java, you've seen Granny's Chicken all over the state. I've hauled her everywhere MPB's been. She's been to California on airplanes, but it's an old concrete chicken. And the reason is she's special to me because she anchors— my garden. You know, I've been to Versailles. Uh, I, I've seen eight-foot naked goddess statues. You know, that isn't the wrong scale, wrong style. But Granny's Chicken, which belonged to my grandmother, she kept out in her zinnias. When I look out there, I see something the right scale, the right style, and it reminds me of Granny and her zinnias. So when people make fun of stuff like concrete chickens, I'm thinking you just need to lighten up and understand the backstory. But <laughs> we have another special guest that came in to meet her, Mark. Yeah, brown is the color too. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a, a, a brown gnome, and she and it says fresh produce got uh, carrots and all sorts of stuff. But Jermaine, um, she yeah, this is this is one of Jermaine. Uh, she has one of the best offices here at MPB. Little hidden known secret, and that came out of her office. She br- um, she brought a gar- she brought to a, you. a garden gnome to meet Granny's chicken. So life is good. <laughs> life is good. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening. Mark, how are you today, sir? Uh, wow. I've been busy um, feeling my age and acting my shoe size. <laughs> and you got bifocals. You have to tilt your head back like, yeah. you're, like you got all snooty and all just to see who you're talking to. I can see you fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I can see Java now, too. Okay. Well, all now right. we're all good to go. Okay. We're all good to go. And it's all about gardening, folks. You want to give us a call, it's toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but Mark, i got to say, Thank you for coming out uh, to the Fondren Garden Tour uh, and, and hanging around in my yard this past week. Where I had like 150 people walking through. Yeah, my pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Um, turned out to be a little longer day than I thought about, but yeah. it was good. Well, Java, right off the bat, you know, we were standing there and Mark was talking. And somebody said, are you Mark? And he said, yeah. She, she said, I heard you on the radio. <laughs> The power, the power of and, MPB. And I immediately turned three shades of red. That's right, that's right. So anyway, i uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about. There's a few things going on. We're going to uh, uh, mention those, but uh, it is a call-in program live. And uh, Mark, why don't you take it away with the calls? All right, great. We have Cindy and Brandon. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. Good 
Good morning. Y'all sound like you're having fun this morning. So far. Yeah. <laughs> so far, so uh, good. Yeah, great. So I've got, it's really a poinsettia, which I never keep those things. It was outside, but it had all these white flies on it. So I cut all the leaves off. Do they get down in the soil also? No, a white fly is not going to be a soil-borne um, insect. Okay. And unfortunately, poinsettias are one of the plants that are magnets for white right. flies. Yeah, well, I finally decided that I may as well cut all those leaves off cause, and probably just get rid of it because it looked horrible. Well, you know, if you did your research, you could cut it back. You're going to right. probably I, have yeah. to bring it inside and put okay. it in a closet, you know. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think it's really worth all that. I'd never, yeah. I'd never fooled with one before. I thought, well, I'll just keep this one and see what happens. But now I know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one of the things, white flies, you know, they're, they irritate us. <laughs> and they really don't do that much to the plants. I mean, they can, but for the most part, if you'll just ignore them, or if you'll mm-hmm. take it outside and turn it upside down and hose it down really good, and then do right. that about once every five or six days, you're not going to get yeah. rid of all of them. You can get, get rid of most <laughs> well, of them. Do you know, take your hand and run it through your shrubs. Yeah, well, Just don't I, inhale because you might accidentally snort one. Yeah. They, and they, and then, everywhere. And then it, but it's not something I would bring in the house with, with all that going on, you know. But they're like, you know, nah. they, 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 you know they're, they're like little mosquitoes, but they'll hover around uh, your plants. They're not going right, to end up yeah. in your, you know, okay. on your bathroom window and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I wouldn't throw the poinsettia away. Have you ever gotten it to rebloom again? Uh, no, this this is my first time to keep one after you know after Christmas. Well, here, here's something you can do. And Mark, you worked at a wholesale nursery where y'all grew thousands of poinsettias. Uh, yeah. And every, every day around four or five o'clock, you pulled shade cloths over the well, benches. Fortunately, where I grew, we didn't have to. Oh, that's right. Way out in the country, there's yeah. But what you can do, uh, Cindy, if you get you a box. That's big enough uh-huh. to set over it. It, it. In the daytime, if you'll water it and fertilize it and give it sunshine like normal during the daytime, mm-hmm. late in the afternoon, go ahead and put you a box over it and leave it over there till the next morning so it has total darkness for 13 or 14 hours. Within okay. three or four weeks, a new growth coming out is going to start turning red and throw the box away. Right. Yeah, so, that'd be cool. Yeah, so what you've yeah. got won't turn red. The new growth will. So you've got to give yeah. it sun and water and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's complicated. Then, okay. One more question. I think last week you said you really can't get, like, Bermuda sod to really take this year because it's the runners, you know, that make the new grass and everything. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure it's definitely too late if you have a bare spot like that. Well, it it is because a lot of people don't realize when you plant grass, that grass only lives for three or four weeks. And Mm -hmm. meanwhile, it replaces itself, and it's getting late for the right. grass have time to do that. So uh, what my son just did in his backyard, he just threw out some ryegrass seed and some white right. clover seed, okay. wet it down, and it's, uh, you know, and it's growing great. And the next spring, if he, wants to, if he wants to plant some grass, then the, the roots of what he sowed for the winter will have already gotten the dirt ready for the new right. grass next year. Because I've, I've you know, done a little ryegrass before, but, you know, it gets so thick, it's kind of like, it's hard to get rid of it. I know it'll, it would burn off after a while, but, you know, it, it's... It's like, having, it's like having a lawn out there. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you got to mow it. But it will get the... It, it'll keep the erosion down. It'll yeah, keep it'll, the ground... It'll be, good, it'll be good for the ground, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Y'all, ha- y'all keep having fun. All right. Oh, wait. One more, one more thing I'm about to forget. Uh, I got an email about the floor plant swap coming up on Thursday... August the 26th. October, October. 
Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I do mean October, right? Yeah. October 2026, yeah. Right, October <sighs> 26. I figured maybe she had sent you the same email, email yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, good. All right. As a matter of fact, I left my phone out in the car, uh, and it's got all <laughs> of my notes in it. <laughs> I've got a funny one for you. This morning, I'm running around with my bi- bifocals, making sure I don't forget anything. And I look down, and I'm like, there's my phone. It wasn't my phone. You- my partner had left his phone. Uh-oh. We passed on Lakeland, and it was pretty funny. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, I've got a, uh, uh, I've got a couple of announcements that are coming up. Uh, the only thing that's coming up right away, though, they're having a thing at Mississippi State next Wednesday. They've been having this for since the 1950s, I think. Anyway, uh, Bob Bruzak. Uh, has has fallen the footsteps of Ed Martin, who started this program. It's a it's a, a horticultural symposium aimed towards gardeners. It's put on by the School of Landscape Architecture, the Horticulture, and also the Garden Clubs of Mississippi. That's Wednesday morning from nine o'clock till noon. They have coffee and stuff at eight thirty, but it's a really big deal. And our our friend, my favorite favorite. I shouldn't say that. That's okay. One of my favorite garden writers, lecturers ever, Miss Carol Reese. Carol Reese. She's yeah. from Sessoms, Mississippi, but she recently graduated from University of Tennessee. Uh, as an extension horticulture, she is so fun. And she, I mean, she's real bottom line. She is just wow. Uh, matter of fact, she and I use a lot of the same techniques of, you know, we don't need horticulture. Here's the way you garden. Right. But, but that's going to be Wednesday. I don't have the details with it because it's on my phone. But uh, it's Wednesday morning. starts at 830. Uh, the program starts at 9. And they got a, a couple of other horticultures on the program. It's always a fun, fun program. If you want information about it, go to uh, MSU. You can go to extension.msstate.edu. I was able to look it up. And um, yeah. it is 8.30 a.m. on Wednesday. Ends at noon. Um, they do want you to register. And for more information, like I said, you can go to extension.msstate.edu. Uh, Man, this reads you make yeah. the big bucks, and Java. I believe Man. you could probably get it through MSU Cares. Well, you, you, yeah, you, through the extension. You can yeah. also register at the door. But it's at the Boston Extension building, which is right next to the stadium. It is always a fun deal. Carol Reese is extra special. And this is the 68th Edward C. Martin Landscape Symposium. So like you said, it's been going on quite a while. Okay, before we go to call, let me mention that Ed Martin, he started the Landscape Architecture Program at Mississippi State. And one of the very first things that he did was he put in his office, and they make fun of him, well, we're talking about the top landscape architect in the state, who also had a concrete chicken. It ain't just me. <laughs> okay. Hey, let's, we, we, we've, Rebecca's been hanging on from South Haven for a long time. Good morning, Rebecca, and thank you for holding. Good morning, Felder. I'm so glad to talk to y'all. Howdy. I'm, well, the, one that, I'm the one that lets a loofah catch on to the pine tree, and um, it's just the funniest-looking thing. I always said I grew loofahs for the flowers. So I had a flower and pine tree, but now I've got lupus that are 30 feet in the air, and it's just funny. It's just <laughs> yeah, and look, luckily, unlike kudzu, it'll die in the wintertime, but at least it won't take it over your will. trees. So you got, right, you, got, you, got right. lo- you got lupus up in, the, you got the, the gourds up in the tree, too? Yeah, yeah. It looks like the pine tree is growing squash or something, but it's just, <laughs> just 30 feet. 
If they're going to have to fall. I'm not going up there. Somebody said something about a BB gun to shoot them down. I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. You get 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 the BB gun and shoot the squirrels that are using the loofahs as back scratchers. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. What I was calling about um, this year, I use more containers than I ever have before. You know, all kind of flower pots, and I've got plastic flower pots. I've got styrofoam flower pots, and I've got some. Um, terracotta flower pots and i've got some really pretty glazed ones and um my buddy told me that um i'm gonna have to the the clay ones and the glazed ones i'm gonna have to dump them out because over the winter they'll they'll freeze and crack okay well, but mark mark you, mark you you grow mark, mark grows so many things in so many different containers yeah, and there is some truth to that. It really depends on the container. A star foam container is not going to crack. Um, some terracottas, depending on the grade of terracotta, will crack if we have a hard winter. Yeah, because they, they they absorb water and that freeze it cracks. Correct, and so you kind of got to play that one by ear. If we're going to have a really hard winter, if you see it coming, which you will, if you pay attention to the weather. Right. Um, you might want to dump them, put them in the garage, or just put them in the garage full. Yeah, but, or, you know. or, or plant in plastic pots and set in the terracotta right, pots. Right, yeah. Do the, well, at work, we refer to it as calling it a Disney when you don't really plant something and you put it in a pretty pot, and then when you got to change it, you just pluck it out and put in a new one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, what, gla- 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 glaze pottery shouldn't crack, though. Uh, High quality glazed pottery will not uh, crack. Yeah, the the high end stuff. Right, the kind of stuff that that uh, Rebecca, you and I probably get might crack. Right, that well, makes I get sense. Fake sale, so I never know if it's. I mean, I just get it because a lot of it I get on the curb. Yeah, you know, and and if it cracks, it, it, set it out there. If it cracks, you know, breaking little pieces and line a flower bed with it. Come on. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, I used to use broken up terracotta. In the bottoms of other pots for drainage. Yeah. So or just recycle. I'm really, glad I didn't, I'm really glad I didn't put any of the trees in the glazed pots because if I do dump them, I don't want to dump out a tree. There you so go. Much. Um, but well, the other question I have about containers is um, some people say I have to repot them to use fresh potting soil nah, 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 don't even finish that question don't, like, don't don't even finish that question yeah. dump it out add stuff to it put it back in yeah. that's one of those horticultural science things that doesn't translate to real life i believe he's I correct put on top you know instead of doing all i mean couldn't i put osmocote on top if that, i wanted to fertilize it instead that, of changing the soil that's fine you know fertilizers like anything else are a matter of opinion you can use synthetic you can use organic whatever you know but put flips it, yeah, your, whatever put flips your wig it, it, i guess it's, it's okay to reuse potting soil it really is okay all righty lady Bye. All right, thank you. You bet. Appreciate it. And then we were up in South Haven. Let's slide just north to Memphis. Talk to Wilma. Hey, Wilma. Good morning. Good morning. I've got a question about lantana. I planted it this spring, and it's grown to about three feet tall. I presume when we get a freeze, it's going to lose its leaves. Should I cut it back to the ground or just leave the limbs there for the winter? Absolutely. 
before we have our first freeze, you want to cut it as close to the ground as possible. Okay. Mulch it really well, put it to bed, and just, you know, hope we don't have a terrible winter and it should be back. Yeah, if it's a good kind. So there's some of the old-fashioned kind. They'll come back in Kentucky. And if it's a three-footer, it is an old-fashioned kind. I I like to leave a little short stubs, though, because you cut lantana close. Sometimes (laughs) the stems rot down into the – but but like Mark said, if you cut it before the freeze – you know, it's not going to get freeze damage, if that makes sense. Okay. I have to compliment Felder on this because he is the first person that taught me that. And I've done it year after year, and it works. And I try to tell people, but when your lantana is beautiful at Halloween, nobody wants to cut it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't have to clean it up. Just go out because it could be, it's going to be dark. The freeze is coming. You're dragging stuff in. You're wondering, where's it? did the cat get out? Just cut it back. You can always clean the stuff up tomorrow. Okie dokie. Thanks so much. Have a good day. All right. Java, what we need to do, man? And now it's answers to unasked questions with Felder Rushing. And, and you know, everybody knows about scarecrows. Mark, everybody's got scarecrows in the yards right now. But they're not scarecrows. They're not scarecrows. Scarecrows are working creatures you put out there to keep birds and squirrels. And before we had human effigies, uh, they used to send kids out there at daytime and at night to throw rocks and bang sticks and stuff. Scarecrows are crop protectors. Okay. Well, I actually have a scarecrow about that tall. Well, these are not what we're seeing now, this time of year with the corn shucks and, you know, how people put uh, these stalks of cor- dried corn and pumpkins and these figures. Those are harvest figures. And it's different. Harvest figures were, were made uh, for, for hundreds and hundreds of years. At the end of the season, the last of the harvest, they would celebrate. They'd decorate the wagon. They'd have feasts, you know, like Thanksgiving and, and all. And they would put these harvest figures out there made from bits of what they just harvested and kept it till springtime to give them good luck for planting again. So this time of year is harvest figures, you know, so... People call them scared. Only I care about this, Java. Now, I want to go back to the kids that were out in the daytime and the nighttime uh, when, as, as scarecrows. When, <laughs> when, when Europeans first came to North America, they, they wrote about how the, the, the Native American, the children, would stay out in the fields all day throwing rocks and clapping stuff at, at birds to protect their, their crops. And the older, usually older men would stay out all night to keep their raccoons and stuff out. Ah. And, and they did this in in, uh, in Asia. They did it in South America. They did it in Europe. Uh, and <clears throat> as recently as five years ago, I saw where they were hiring people in England to go out and throw rocks at birds to protect the cherry crops. Wow. Okay. Hu- human, you know, but those are scarecrows. Again, this time of year, you know, you see these little dolls made out of corn, hu- corn husk dolls that people hang on their doors. Those were made traditionally at the end of the season for the festivities, the Thanksgiving of the harvest, and they would keep those over the winter with a few little seeds with it for good luck. So, and then it just got mismashed, and then every, right. everything yeah. is a scarecrow. So, <laughs> somewhere Halloween and scarecrows and harvest figures all got jumbled up. So there, there's an answer to a question nobody asked. <laughs> <laughs> How'd I do on that one, Java? That was pretty good. It was, it was time for this. It's October. It's Friday the 13th. I know, if everybody right? was checking. So, you yeah. know, that was on time. That was on time. Anyway, whether you, whether you like eerie or cheery, 
this Thanksgiving season. Past, get past the scarecrows and Halloween decorations. Time to bring out traditional reminders of successful. Time to get stuffing, and we're not just talking about cornbread stuffing. Whew. <laughs> Where did yeah. that come from? I, I have no idea. We need to get back to the phones, though. We're, 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 we're just having too much fun here. All right, Jesse in Oxford. Good morning, Jesse. Look at, look at you with your bifocal. You? Mar- right. Mark can see the screen now. Hey, Jesse. Morning. Uh, I had a question. I read in one of my uh, gardening books that in the fall before the first freeze, you can take your bell peppers plants, trim them back, and put it into a pot, uh, into a pot and put it in your sun window, and you can uh, use that bell pepper plant the next season to uh, start have an early start on your uh, gardening and all that. They said trim it back, and you don't even have to water it hardly, and it will keep, since it's a perennial, I believe, or annual, and it keeps throughout the winter if you keep it into a warm place that stays above freezing. Is that true? Um, possibly. Um, you'd have to be pretty dedicated and really want a pepper plant bad. It's like bringing in your hibiscus or any other plant that'll free. Pepper is actually, I had a pepper for nine years one time, but yeah. I pruned it back every year. But if you keep it from freezing, it's a perennial plant like cotton. Cotton makes a, 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 a large shrub if you can keep it from freezing. But no, you got to put it in a sunny winter. You got to water it without. And as Mark knows, if you try to bring like a coles in over the winter, real easy to rot the roots. Oh, yeah. And I'm I mean, if you want to keep a pepper as a hobby and you're going to fuss over it, a special pepper, really, a real real unique type of pepper. More power to you. But uh, meanwhile, you know, 75 cents gets you a new one in the spring. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I just trying to figure if it was worth the work to try to do that over the winter uh, to get an early jump on your spring and your pepper plants in your spring, or is it just easier to start everything over from seeds? Either or, it's your preference. To me, pepper starts are what make way more sense than trying to start them from seed. But if you do your research, it is possible. Yeah, it's just a, it's just an outdoor plant bringing it indoors for the wintertime. You it needs sunshine, needs water, needs fertilizer, but it needs to. You basically just trying to keep it alive over the wintertime. And it's unless it's a unique, you know, a, an heirloom type of pepper, uh, you can just save seeds and start them over again. But yes, you can do it. Okay, thank that you. Thank have you. You have a good weekend. Can I take one second to clear something up? Keep it clean. Oh, it's clean. Um, a relative reminded me that this morning that I referred to my, my guess, paternal grandmother as Granny or Grandma. Grandma. It was Granny P. Granny is what P. we called her. Granny P. And the other one was Grandma Foster. Because you know how grandmothers are, they're very particular, yes, so ma'am. I stand corrected. Java, you know, you, you, your grandmother stayed, no, your children's grandmother stayed with you, or is it your grandmother? Oh, well, well no, we have grandmas separated. I can go back to my mother's mother, and we called her Granny. My dad's mother, we called her Grandma Ethel. And then now my kids call my mother Nana, and then they call Crystal's mother Mimi. Mimi. So they are particular, <laughs> very particular. I had we had big grandmama and little grandmama. 
big grand was my great grandmother, little gra- granny was uh, whose chicken this is. Uh, but my granddaughter, who turns three in a, in in a few weeks, you know, she calls me. What does she call you? Felder. <laughs> do, 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 oh. do, I, do I look like a papa? Come on. Oh, you could oh. be. You could be a pop 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 pop. No, nope. you Felder. know it, it. I made that mistake one time calling my mother by her first name, and I. Stand corrected. No, I, I told her, I said, she, she, she says Felder, which <laughs> is fine with me because we're going to keep this. You know, there's plenty of other, you know, memaws and mammals and all like that out there. Anyway, let's get back to the phone call. We got, um, is Edward next? Edward from Past Christiana down on the coast. Morning, sir. Hey, man, what's up? We're just, we're, we're having too much fun, so help us out here. Bring us down. Yeah, I, used to, I used to live around the corner from you over by St. James, but anyway, um, yeah, my cousin. Do you know Mark Wyndham? Uh, probably. We're, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to, down at the experiment station, Crystal Springs. Yeah, his father, you know, obviously was my uncle. Okay. And uh, my sister told me, I didn't know this is true or false, that uh, my uncle was the one that brought blueberries to Mississippi. Well, he might have brought the first commercial hybrids here, but blueberries are native to Mississippi. And we've always had okay. all, all different kinds of wild. But the commercial varieties, it wasn't a horticultural crop until really my lifetime. You know, muscadines, nobody, you know, they were cultivated varieties, uh, blueberries, things like that. They weren't really promoted until, as is their job, Mississippi State and Extension Service did research looking at alternate crops. And uh, they started them at the experiment station in Crystal Springs. A lot of great yeah, that, things. He, he ran that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just didn't know if he knew my cousin. Well, you know, we, after 40-something years of, the, you know, I can't remember. I think he went to school with him. I might have. He would be well, my age. He would be 69. I, you're probably. I, well, you're, okay, okay, okay. Let's get back to gardening because, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been doing this for 45 years, <laughs> longer than a lot of people. Anyway, but, no, I, I remember I remember his dad, but I don't remember 40-something years ago. You know, okay, I, see, see uh, Java, too young to appreciate this, but my brain is like my first computer. It was a Radio Shack Tandy 1000. You couldn't cut and paste, and it only had 25 characters memory. That's what I got up here. Mine's like a Nintendo 64. In other words, your hard drive is full. That's right, and uh, (laughs) and I don't know how to dump it. So anyway, appreciate it, Edward. Thank you, sir. Go for it, Mark. Ah, good morning. Good morning. Um, we've got Alex who's been holding on from Clinton, Mississippi. How can we help you, Alex? Yes, thank you. Good morning. Uh I'm new to gardening in pots. I have a couple of outside in front of my around my garage of these fake palmetto looking things and of course that's no description for you. I don't know what they're called exactly. I'm wondering if I can even try to keep them through the winter. And also I see that Crotons, crotons, I think it is, for sale uh, these days. Do people keep those through the winter if they keep them inside? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Crotons, you know, in our climate, a lot of times we're considered a throwaway plant. Yeah, freeze. But now that the houseplant craze has come back, you know, from high school kids, millennial, Gen X, they're keeping them inside. So if you Mm -hmm. put it in a, a bright you know, window and my light water, don't overwater it. You know, it's probably mm-hmm. normally a plant 
in the tropics that grows in dry shade. You know, yeah. So uh, one of the things about crotons, they're real popular right now. They're oh, yeah. real, real popular. When you bring yeah. an outdoor plant indoors, those leaves that were yeah. formed outdoors in the sun and the humidity and all, they're going to drop off. You know, Mark, every year we bring, we know our plant's going to drop their leaves. So a lot of times we prune them back. Yeah. But as long as it, it needs a lot more sunshine than most houses put it in the south facing window. And uh, and expect some of the older leaves to drop off, but keep new growth coming on. It'll do fine. Yeah. And the plant that you're calling, it says palmetto-like, um, could be a palm. And there's a few that look very much like palmetto that are tender in our area. I have some that I've had for five years, but I went to great lengths to keep them alive. Brought, like, brought them in the wintertime. No, I built like a canopy around them and put heat lamps in them. <laughs> And now, they're Alec, fine. Alec already said he's just a beginner gardener. Okay, we ain't doing so, that stuff. Yeah. If it's not a palmetto or a handful of other palms, it's probably not going to make it yeah. through the freeze. If you bought it yeah. in the if you yeah. bought it in the outdoor section of a garden center, it might live. But if you bought it bought it on the indoor section with the tropical plants, it ain't gonna make it. But you know what? If it turns brown, you can always spray paint it. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm serious. And- do, yeah, I know you are, and I'm thinking about it too. With some other things that have died. Yeah, um, I spray painted my monkey grass. <laughs> I, I'm I'm over here laughing because I actually fielded a phone call the other day at work. A man wanting to know if we sold the paint to touch up some grass. Yeah, yeah. you get, you get six, six different shades of green. But in, anyway, well, good luck well, on that, Alex. Working, you it, can make some money that one. If you haven't bought the Croton yet, I don't know. You know, but, you know, if you got a sunny south window, you know, you can keep it over the winter. But expect some of the leaves to drop. Don't don't freak out about it. Water and mm-hmm. fertilizer put on new growth. Okay, final thing. Do you repot it for the next year? I wouldn't. No, no, that okay. it wouldn't be. It's not necessary. Only oh, if it, what the pot it's in is bothering you, yeah. just let it hang out all winter and start over in the spring. Start over. Yeah, good. Okay. Thank you so much. All righty. Mark, did you make it out of the state fair? No. I didn't either. I'm, I'm a little either. pouty, but I was too busy this week. I just didn't have time. You know, going down there for the free biscuit and syrup and spending $5 for the best corn okay, you can so possibly get. You know I ain't from around here, right? <laughs> I'm not a biscuit person. And you're not going to spend $5 for a ear of corn. But no, anyway. I'm not. <laughs> anyway, who, who we got? We got Larry next from Purvis. Hey, Larry, good morning. Hey, good morning, Felder. Um, actually, I was trying to find out there's that uh, the commercial just played while I was waiting on the phone for um, the music radio. It's a commercial and it's got a little piece of band music on it that's like a fanfare i was trying to find out the name of it you probably don't know i probably have to call back later okay java java is on it yeah we'll um we'll we'll try to see if we can figure out the name of that it's um to be honest larry it's going to be some bumper music from a file cabinet that you know we don't even have access to anymore but uh we appreciate you for being um interested and check out music radio on um 88 um, on 91.3 <laughs> fm hd2 or wherever you're um you know around around the state i don't want to give out all the numbers yeah but uh yeah or just go to mpbonline.org and check out music radio and, and when it plays back through you know you could use your 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 little phone app 
to say what you know. What I didn't it, think about that. You could yeah. um, play Shazam. Yeah, do the Shazam <laughs> thing. Yeah, I'm only laughing because. Java got stumped. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. Okay, who who we go to next? Who, uh, who? Let's go to Billy and Benson. Billy and Benson. Hey, Billy. So, how are you doing? Good. I got two questions to ask you. Uh, first one is: Does goldenrod provide food for hummingbirds? And if I want some wildflowers in my pasture next to bloom next year, should I plant the seed now or wait till next spring? You take the second one first, Absolutely. and I'll take the first one. <laughs> um, second one first, yes. Now is the time. Um, I planted red clover along the side of the street. And Coreopsis and all those, all those spring blooming things. Um, so, yeah, now's the time to plant for blooms next year. Okay. On the wildflowers yeah. and now the goldenrod. I'm going I'm to do that. Goldenrod has got a real sticky, heavy pollen. Uh, not a lot of nectar, so you're not going to have hummingbirds so much on goldenrod as you'll have butterflies and bees and that kind of stuff. Hummingbirds are going to go for things that have more nectar, long, skinny, trumpet-shaped flowers. So, uh, And by the way, a lot of people have said, you need to take your hummingbird feeder down so they'll keep going. No. we have so- Sometimes hummingbirds stay over winter, and they're hungry little things, and they're stragglers, and some are simply not going to make it. You know, They're going to stay here and say, you know, we're just staying here. So leave at least one hummingbird feeder up long after they're gone for stragglers. When it's time to go, your feeder is not going to keep them hanging around. They're not going to stay around because you got a feeder. Yeah, there's some solid science right now that hummingbirds are not going as far south as they used to. Yeah, but but you're having feeders. They're not going to keep them hanging around. When it's time for them to go, the majority of them are going to go. So, Let me ask you this. Does red dye actually attract hummingbirds or nope, not? Nope. Hummingbirds don't even see red. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a marketing thing. I got you. Okay. My, well, my, my, best, humming, my best hummingbirds come to blue flowers, the perennial salvias and stuff. They're probably colorblind, I would imagine. Yeah, well, it's a different kind of color. But yeah. anyway, appreciate your call, Billy. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Bye. Wow, that was a good one. Yeah, that, I like well, they're, that. They're all good, but Susan from Brandon's got an infestation problem. I'm not sure oh, if this is going to be a good one or not. Hey, Susan, what's up? Hi, good morning. How are good you? Good morning. I'm doing well. I've had the worst mealybug infestation this year. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I know that it's because like the, the water has been terrible. We haven't had a lot of water, and I'm sure it's my plants are not well, but... My concern now is for next year. Is there anything I can do to prepare my garden so I don't have this issue next year? Uh, you're, when you say your garden, are you talking about an outside garden? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, not, just, it's, it's not all really. over. It's, it's all over my tomato plant. Yeah, not really. bugs and mosquitoes and white flies and all that, they're part of nature. You know, you you could put a tomato plant on top of a flagpole at the governor's mansion, and it's going to get spider mice and white flies. <laughs> so the only thing you can yeah. do with, with diseases, you can spray fungicides as a protective film to prevent diseases. But insects can't be prevented. You have to wait till they show up and control them. Then insecticides work on existing uh, infestations, not future stuff. No way to prevent them. Right. What would you? What did well, you? I, I, I sprayed the stew out of. <laughs> what you? What you spray with? Well, I did use I used some neem oil, and then I can't think of this. There was another one I used that was maybe like a, a triple 
If you can yeah. spray all the time, just get you a little squirt bottle and put you some alcohol and you know in water. Just squirt it with alcohol. They melt. They do so not it, like it, alcohol. With alcohol, it's okay for yeah. all my plants to spray that. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, and, I read like you could put it on there with a cotton ball or something. Well, no, they're, 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 <laughs> they're, yeah, that's right. They're talking about application method for a few little people with people ain't got anything else to do. Get your squirt bottle. Pushes of alcohol to water. It doesn't matter really what solution. Mark, just that, go around and squirt Yeah, them. yeah. Go around. Alcohol. They don't yeah. like it at all. And But just don't drink it. Well, you know, you can use <laughs> rubbing alcohol if you got it. Right. You could use <laughs> vodka, I guess. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, no. Yeah, but uh, you you just squirt it down. You know, squirt it directly. You don't have to spray the whole plant. Just squirt it on the on the on the the existing insect. And uh, about once a week, go around and you'll get the worst of them in control. Just don't do it in the heat of the day. Yeah, in the evening right. is early, best. Early yeah, yeah. In the evening the is probably okay. best. Yes. So you think maybe fifty fifty alcohol? Uh, I, I, and water, I, I don't think. I just think alcohol and water. That's 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 okay. as close as I can get. Okay. You know, a scientist will get more exact. A gardener say, "Yeah, just throw some gin on them." Yeah, Google it. Okay. Yeah. somebody <laughs> will know. <laughs> Good luck. Okay. All right. Appreciate Thanks it, so Susan. Much. You know, and that's a real important point. A lot of people don't realize you can't really prevent insects unless you use a systemic insecticide. Correct. And if you got flowers that have bees and butterflies, you don't want to use systemic. So you correct. Know. But um, anyway, let's go now down to Picayune. Hey, Larry. I'm actually in Parkinson. Parkinson, okay. What's up? Uh, Red Creek Wildlife Management Area uh, in the Beatrice community. Um, hey, uh, I have some uh, eastern red buds that I've had in uh, containers for several months, and they say the best time to plant them is in the fall. So what do I need to do to prepare the, soil, the holes that I'm going to dig to put them in the ground? Okay, Mark and I do the same thing every time. <laughs> Which way? We uh, could we could play toss off. First of all, you dig a wide hole, not as deep. <laughs> you loosen up the roots. Gosh, okay. And you mulch it. You mulch it. What? Wide, that, wide hole, not too deep. Always loosen up that potting soil. Always, and then cover it with mulch. And make sure that the soil level that's in the pot, okay. When you go into the ground, you want the base of that tree to be slightly elevated so that water runs away from the tree rather than down into the yeah. trunk. Plant a little on the high side to allow for settling. But anyway, the most important thing is wide hole, loosen up that potting soil, stir it into your dirt, and then when you get done, put it, put some leaf mulch or something like that around it. That's water, it. water it less often, heavily. Don't water it every single day. Yeah. Lay the hose down, turn it on real slow, go in the house, make a cup of coffee, come back out, and if it's running out onto the lawn, you probably got it. You're done for the week. Anyway, that's pretty much well, it. Wide, wide hole, loosen up the potting soil. Don't plant too deep. Water it really good every now and then. What's every now and then, depending on the rain? A couple of times uh, the first week. Once a week okay. for a couple of weeks, and then it's a red bud. It's, they grow out in the woods by themselves. Yeah, and if it's you know, if, it, if it rains, take the day off. If it rains, yeah. not main thing is don't keep yeah. it wet. Don't keep it soaking wet. Gotcha. All right, thanks, guys. 
You're welcome. We we spent about five minutes saying, wide hole, loosen up the roots, don't plant too deep, give it a soaking every now and then. I kind of like how we were throwing that back and forth. That well, was because good. you and I have been planting stuff <laughs> for decades, and yeah. we don't do extra stuff. I do as little as I have to, actually. <laughs> Java, who we got next here, sir? Uh, let's go to Ron, and I think this is Shaco. Okay, Ron, what's going on, man? I've got some, uh, some tomato vines and got a bunch of green, t- I say a bunch, probably 20-something green tomatoes. I'm wondering, can I do anything to keep them from freezing? Nope. No freezing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you can eat them. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. No. This is an old tip that you know. When I tell people this, they look at me like, "Yeah, you're making that up." If you want to pick them, put them in a brown paper bag, let them sit a while, and the odds are they're going to continue to ripen a little bit, and eventually, you they might be sweet enough to eat. When, when they when they start showing just a little bit of pink color, just a little bit, they will continue. I used to say, I, I learned this just last year, Mark. I used to think, no, you pick a tomato that's as ripe as it gets. You no. know, it's just loaded. Turn come to find out, once they start showing some pink color, they will actually continue to ripen, which is different than what I thought. It has something to do with gases or something. Ethylene gas and all that. But yeah. Anyway, the main thing is, unless you can cover it in a greenhouse and keep it warm. You know, tomatoes, uh, you know, their their roots rot if their soil is cold and wet. So, you know, this this is a matter of, you know, putting up as many as you can before wintertime and shooting for next year. And, and put something else in that hole, like some collards, because that goes good with fried green tomatoes. How far uh, south right are, is he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, pick. Okay, good luck on it, Ron. Appreciate your question, you. too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was... Interesting, too. You know, I have always heard since I was a child, if you put unripe tomatoes in a brown paper bag and set them on top of the fridge. Yeah, just in a, 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 yeah. a dry place. Okay, the next call is David from Hoka, but it's a call. It's a question for Java. Go for it, Java. David, <laughs> what's going on? Uh-oh, David, are you there? I think we lost I guess David. We lo- I guess yeah. we lost David. It, well, his question was about a podcast. And, you know, I can't remember that stuff, Joe. Well, I mean, I, we podcast every episode of um, all of our local shows. You can get them mpbonline.org. You can subscribe using your favorite podcasting app. I don't know if he had a specific question or or what, David. Um, give us a call back. Okay, well, how, how how would you Java that question up, though? You just gave a straight answer. Come on. What this, you? Is, this is Think Radio. Come up with something Oh, I don't. <laughs> oh, how how would I fail to mark it up? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, is your phone charged? <laughs> yeah, download the MPB Public Media app. You know, look at the brand new logo that we have, and uh, and 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 listen to the Gustav Gardner. Or you can do the rebroadcast Saturday mornings at ten. Did he say Felder and mark it up? Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a verb now. That's a verb now. I did get more information on my phone. It showed up magically. Uh, wow. About this thing at, at Mississippi State. It, it is a, there is a fee for it. I think it's like 20 or $25. Uh, but it's done by the Garden Clubs of Mississippi School of Landscape Architecture Department of Horticulture. It is a fun thing. They're in like the 59th year or something. But Carol Reese is one of the most entertaining factual but funny speakers I've ever heard. And that's going to be, starts at 9 o'clock, 9 till noon, 
Wednesday at the Boston Extension Building, which is an extension service headquarters, right by the football stadium on campus at Mississippi State. Uh, registration starts early if you want to pay when you get there, and a coffee and, and uh, stuff like that is at 8.30. I will always think of Carol Reese as the persimmon lady. Her family has a, has a, a big fruit orchard. They grow a lot of uh, oriental Japanese-type persimmons. Big, big trees. Big trees. Anyway, Carol, I've stayed with, as a matter of fact, my old dog, Rusty, my sweet old puppy, Rusty, who finally passed away, uh, he came from Carol. Carol called me up one time. I was going to give a lecture up at, 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 uh, in, in uh, Oxford, and she called him. She said, Felder, I got a dog that you need and a dog that needs you. And she came down from Tennessee to give me this dog that was with me for like 13 years. How many did she have left after that? Six? <laughs> no, yeah, 30. 30. 30. But uh, anyway, um, we've got a, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. You know, we've got uh, uh, plant swaps coming up in a couple of three weeks. There's garden clubs, talk, the state fair is still going on. Uh, there's plenty of activities going on, uh, garden clubs, but also farmers markets are really cranked up. Oh, you know, yeah. There's so many, many. And if you want to know a farmers market close to you, go to the Department of Agriculture, Mississippi Department of Agriculture. On their web, it just do that. And on the website, it has a thing called farmers market and it lists all the ones. That's that finally. In Mississippi. Yeah, finally, finally. But it's yeah, a, it's a really cool thing. And while you're there, check out their uh, the farm market bulletin. Right, market yep. bulletin is where you can buy an old mule. You <laughs> yeah. know, you can you can yeah. you can you can trade your plow for a for a, a little red wagon. Also, there's a section on on flowers and seeds where our friend Jerry Palmer. Right, right. He sells red spider lilies. You know, from, you know my nickname for him, right? No. Old hippie. Old hippie. He, <laughs> but he grow. He has rows and rows and rows of these red uh, uh, spider lilies, like chorus radiata. Some people call hurricane lilies. Which, by the way, a lot of people said theirs didn't bloom this year. Well, Jerry has had. Not many flowers this year. But the bulbs are there. They'll be fine. If we get us a good rain, they pop right back up. Oh, yeah. But anyway, Farm Market Bulletin and, and Farmer's Markets from the Department of Agriculture. Maybe Java needs to go to the Market Bulletin and get him a mule. <laughs> you can ride it to work. Well, well. well that's, <laughs> yeah, and that's what it will sound like. Yeah. Okay, Mark, you're not going to be here next week because no, you've got no. a big uh, – Garden Works has got your big it, thing. Uh, PPP, Plants, Pumpkins, and Pino. Plants, wow. Pumpkins, and Pino. Yeah, anyway, so that's, that's at Garden Works. Yeah, and, uh, I'll see you week after next. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm headed to Texas, giving a couple of talks in Texas. I'm so jealous. Well, while I'm there, I'm going to the Botanic Garden in Fort Worth. I'm going to the uh, Arboretum Botanic Garden in, in uh, Dallas. Going to look for plants that will take the kind of weather that we just had this year in Mississippi. Uh, Mark, good to see you, man. Good to see you. And uh, Java and uh, Will and Henri and the phone greeting. We're going to take not Don't forget about your secretary. Nope. Nope, can't do that. The granny chicken, granny chicken, and uh, and, <laughs> and brown and the, is a color too. The, the brown gnome. Anyway, uh, if you get a chance, take a kid to a farmer's market. Maybe do the fair. Get you some sugar cane. Get you some peanuts. Get you some honey. Meet people who grow stuff for a living and show your kids how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.